Before we begin, I want to say that I'll be sharing opinions and observations for the sake of creating conversation rather than preaching a truth. My purpose is to find the questions that will help set us free in our own way. If something I say hits you that you like, great. And if something hits you that you don't like, even better. Sit with it, reflect on it, and seek your own truth. In a world where it takes courage to have a point of view, my aim is to create a grounded space to observe, reflect, and challenge respectfully. I started this podcast as a way to document the journey and as a living reflection point to my future children. My hope is that they'll be proud of a name that their father completely reshaped and gave new meaning. Powerful is the man or woman who can dance with their shadow and emerge with their heart wide open to the light. Welcome to the Connection Point Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Delaney. Today on this episode of the pod, I want to share with you my obsession around a hypothesis when it comes to the consciousness of connection in life, business, and branding. And we'll talk about how your story truly is your gift. In every episode, we start with a guiding intention. My guiding intention today is to support you in a powerful journey of turning your personal story into your greatest gift. This is a process that will transform your ability to understand the connection point between deep self-discovery and your ability to deeply connect with others as a byproduct of that depth, truly a reflection in each other. It'll create an incredible sense of freedom and create a powerful understanding of what it means to build an embodied brand and to lead your life and business with total clarity and grounded confidence. And of course, before we begin, I want you to take a second and breathe into your intention in this very moment. So much is going on. So much life is happening. And we can anchor in and find confidence and peace in this very moment together. So where is your attention going, your energy flowing, and what does the experience of this day feel like when you put your head on the pillow? Take a minute with that for a second. If you have to pause the episode or even now in this very moment, take a second with this. What is your intention for today? We can't control a lot else, but if we can control where our energy flows and goes, you're responsible for our presence. That's really where it all begins. One simple, simple habit. And if you take anything away from this episode, this really is it. So now before we go into the information, let me say this. If you're one of those TLDR people too long, didn't read, and you really want to pop off the podcast, you get a lot going on. Let me give you the synopsis real quick. The end in mind. The most interesting person is the most interested. Your ability to be present for others, ask great questions and make other people feel good. will develop an incredible brand, an incredible business. And in my opinion, an incredible life. They're all connected. How you do one is how you do all. So with that said, if that's what you came for, congratulations. Have a great day. <laughs> no, if you're coming to learn more and you want to dive deeper on this and you're intrigued, then let's start with this. And everything begins with a powerful question, in my opinion. I surround myself with people who ask me great questions rather than people who try to give me answers. Because the reality is, is that we should all be seeking our own principles. And that's the power of story. The principles that we can apply over and over again in a world that's vying for your attention and pulling you in a million directions and creating uncertainty and injecting scarcity and FOMO, I wanna give you a place where you can feel completely confident to take control of your life and guide it in the direction you want to, regardless of the outcomes, because that's what it's really all about. So the, here's the powerful question to begin with. What becomes possible in your life, business, and brands if you had the capability of helping others feel heard, seen, and understood, not for who they present on the surface, but who they really are at their core essence. Think about this for a second. Don't just read the headline. Don't just think about the question I just asked. Go a little bit deeper with this. What does it mean to be felt, heard, and understood at the core essence rather than at the surface? 
what it really means to me is, as I share my opinions in this podcast, is that we all walk around projecting what we believe to be what is supposed to happen, a collection of stories that we've basically never questioned in our entire lives. And we show up in careers, we show up in relationships, we show up in decisions that we quite frankly didn't necessarily make a decision on. And really secretly, we're waiting for that chance and that opportunity to really let loose who we really are. This is gonna matter to brand business and life, I promise you. So again, the question becomes, what is possible in your life, business and brands if you have the capability of helping others felt heard, seen, and understood, not for who they present on the surface, but who, for, uh, who they really are at their core essence. Now, this becomes almost like a mind Jedi type of ability to bring out the potential in others, which can lead to massive influence. Now, as we discussed in the previous episode, and if you've ever listened to me in a clubhouse room or anywhere else, I always say this. The biggest thing here is that the separation between influence and manipulation is intention. So many talented people that we connect with and meet are at a crossroads where they have a vision of huge impact in their lives. They want to create change in the world, but they don't want to be like others. They don't want to employ the tactics. They don't want to get salesy. They don't want to get markety. They don't want to be sleazy. Because somewhere along the line, we had an experience or we pulled in the experience of others and it became the truth. As opposed to going our own way and seeking the feedback to understand if it's actually true. Because again, the question becomes, if you had the attention of the entire collective, 8 billion people in this world of humanity, and you had a point of view on the world that was so deeply important to you, what would you share with everybody? What would you say? What do you believe would be the catalyst for creating transformation and positive impact? You know, we, we're going to talk about the idea of shadow, the idea of dark when it comes to marketing, sales, business, all this stuff in future episodes. But if you want to understand how that, that manifests in the decisions that we make, the question is really this. Is it about the tactics and about the tools that are going to get the attention of others? Or are you worried about how that influence might change you in the process? So this is why it's important to have a grounded understanding of your story and an important understanding of this process of being able to connect with others to amplify everything in your life. Because as always, the first connection point in this entire process is you. And the real key here is, is that your ability to do this for others will only come from your ability to do it for yourself first. The powerful law of correspondence, while so many people talk about the law of attraction as if it's magical and mystical, there's a whole set of other laws that are just as powerful. This law is called the law of correspondence. And the law, the law of correspondence states, as above, so below, so within, so without. Others reflect who we are. Not just who we are, but what we're becoming. And so we have to be aware of this. So as we develop this deep bond and relationship with the self first, then we can confidently and powerfully lead in other areas of our life. So that's kind of the framework. That's kind of the beginning structural foundation of where we're going to go with this. I like to start with the foundation and then let's build the house. So we're going to talk a little bit about the power of story, why it matters, how major brands, businesses are actually utilizing this. Because you might be somebody right now, like I was in 2016, where I was leaving a Fortune 500 and didn't know what was going to happen in my life. A little bit scared, a little bit petrified, going through a lot of life at the time, not knowing what I know now, and walking into a marketplace where all I needed to do was to look for a job, going through a ton of imposter syndrome, and not knowing what my first step was. So as I can serve you, the best thing that I can do is share with you my experience and tell you that in no way, shape, or form am I trying to be an expert in anything but what I've done for me. 
And that's my goal is to share that and hopefully help you navigate some changes, shortcut your learning curves, and really avoid some mistakes that I've made and share with you some powerful principles amongst a lot of the research and study that I've done. But most importantly, I'll only share what I've implemented and what I've actually gotten feedback from. I think that's important in a world where people are just basically telling you hypotheses. So let's talk about this a little bit. The first thing is I want to talk about the power of story. Why does it matter? Well, first and foremost, let's talk about the power of story as a human collective. We've used story as a way to communicate and pass down information with the earliest examples being cave paintings back in France almost 30,000 years ago. We've used it as ways to communicate back and forth amongst tribes. And there's something that, that I was sharing on Clubhouse for a long time when it comes to this idea that we're, we're, we're coming to about community. It's a way for us to transmit ideas back and forth. The power of story really is about understanding things like archetypes. We talk about archetypes and the stories that we hear of superheroes. And we, we get so caught up in the ideas of uh, medieval times and all of these fairy tales, these things that we learn as children, because fairy tales and stories teach us principles, filters through which we make our decisions. That's the first step. But the next thing is, let's think about it from a logical standpoint when it comes to a world we live in that is inundated with media and marketing. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, every decision that we make is predominantly influenced by some form of media and marketing. It's built into everything and has been for such a long time since we got into civilization and we began to actually transact with one another. But one of the most powerful principles that I can share with you that comes to media and marketing that you can understand, because I think we have to understand it first, otherwise we'll get used by it. Because I don't think anything here has any ill will or, or manipulation built into it. I think it really is, again, going back to the idea of manipulation and, and influence separated by intention. So if we can understand this principle, then we can employ it. When we get the attention from the people that we're looking to serve and to deliver with, then we can do something really powerful. Because branding, in my opinion, and business starts with a promise and your ability to deliver. So let's talk about a concept really quickly called Toma. No, it's not a drink. No, it's not a fruit or anything else like that. It's T-O-M-A, Toma. And what it stands for is top of mind awareness. In the beginning of every single campaign or business, we solve a major problem, which is the opportunity of awareness. Who knows that you exist and why should they care? You know, one of the statistics out there that's pretty wild is that if your website doesn't load in sub one second on the internet, people are going to bounce off. It's insane how, how much and how hard we have to work to get attention. But more importantly, they have three to five seconds the moment they land on your website to answer three questions. What is it? Who is it for? And what do I have to do next to get it? Or you can say, what do I get out of it? And so your ability to distill down a message is a continual process especially for those of us who are super heart-centered, very conscious, and have a massive vision. We have the challenge of taking this huge vision that we've had our entire lives and distilling it down to less than 20 words. That's pretty powerful. But what that does is it shows our willingness to serve others. Here's why. When we distill this message down, we make it approachable and accessible. It becomes something that people can utilize, they can understand, they can connect with. And when they connect with it, especially in today's world of things like virality and social media, it allows them to then take this message and share it with other people. See, the power of a story is I can get the main concept of a story and I can share it with other people. I don't have to be the expert. I can take this compact idea that teaches so much to others. 
you know, last episode, we talked about how when people share their story or when we listen to others, they give us so much information. The word selection, the way people talk, the way they communicate, the way that they give us nonverbals, if we're paying attention and can get ourselves out of the way, then we can get so much information and we can utilize it in a way to truly take that information, that energy exchange, and do something pretty significant with it. So let's talk about Toma for a second. And I want you to, to think about this for a second. So for this part of the, the episode, I want you to take just maybe two to three minutes. And I want you to answer these questions for yourself and maybe find a couple more examples. So when we think about Toma, our top of mind awareness, it's our ability to use our brains and using what we call heuristics. Heuristics are nothing more than mental shortcuts because our brain is incredibly lazy. No matter what we've been taught in school, our brain really wants to conserve calories as we still live in this prehistoric sense, this, this primeval state of trying to conserve calories. And so it wants to make associations, which can be extremely powerful for us. Just like going to Amazon, right? Jeff, Be Jeff Bezos figured it out. You can go to Amazon and they're going to recommend to you your previous selections and what would be most meaningful to you. They're making predictive algorithmic choices for you. And the power behind this is, is that if we understand how to use these mental shortcuts, then we can also make space for other things. And as we begin to consolidate in new habits and new ideas, then we can really do something powerful. Because really the, the biggest challenge for us as entrepreneurs or people you know, navigating the world today is that we're in like constant analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis. So let's clear the table, right? So let's talk about Toma. I want you to think for a second and I want you to think about just what comes to mind immediately. If you were gonna go out and buy a computer right now, a laptop or a desktop, what would you choose? Right away, you go right to the war between Apple and PC. For me, I'm an Apple guy. And here's the deal, I don't mind that. I like the fact, and I'm gonna give you the same reasons everyone else does, and here's why, because they did a brilliant job of communicating to me as an individual. I like to shortcut time with money. And if I'm gonna spend more, I also want something that's gonna last a long time. And the moment I pick up my MacBook, it feels way different than when I pick up a Dell. It feels like the Dell is going to fall apart in my hands and that MacBook is going to last me to the next Cold War. The other thing is, is they did a, a tremendous job of, commu of communicating the story of Steve Jobs, his continual Think Differently campaign, which speaks to my innovative side. If you've never seen that campaign, I, I encourage you, go to YouTube and look it up. The Think Differently campaign was brilliant. I also think about his unrelenting stories for design and about the fact that they pull open those computers and he told his designers, I want every single piece of that board or everything inside of there to look exactly as the exterior. It was that relentless pursuit of that perfection. And I jive with that. So think about that. The number one choice for computers. The second thing is if you're going to go out and buy a pair of shoes or sneakers, who would you choose? What would you choose? Right away, I think about Nike or Adidas. Or... You might be somebody who thinks about Tom's shoes because Tom's shoes innovated the whole buy one, give one model, right? Give one to something else. It speaks to altruism. It speaks to our need to want to be seen as altruistic. And with Nike and Adidas, people think that they're buying just a brand when the reality, there's so much story behind it. If there's a, a Jordan leaping from the free throw line to go, to go dunk in that historic dunk, right? Or you're thinking about Kobe Bryant. We're thinking about Adidas or Nike. Which one is it? Why do we do this? Because in our brains, we have a, a sense of this top of mind awareness, even as children. And then finally, think about soda. Now, listen, I don't drink a lot of soda anymore, but there's always that historic battle between Coke and Pepsi, which is interesting now because I don't think of Coke as something I would drink. But as I got older and I started to understand why Warren Buffett bought Coke as an investor, it just made more sense to me. 
And we can take these concepts over and over and over again and think about this idea of Toma, top of mind awareness. And let's take it down to the micro level, to what matters to us, because we're not major corporations. When I left the corporate world in 2016 and I started on my own, I was in the middle of West Texas, as I mentioned before, in the middle of nowhere. I'm from upstate New York. I went from, you know, in the middle of the big city, upstate New York, to belt buckles and 10-gallon hats. It was such a new place for me. I didn't understand it whatsoever, but I had to adapt and I had to adjust because I wasn't just hungry physically. I was hungry in a lot of ways. And I ended up in a business, as I mentioned before, in the insurance world, trying to figure that piece out. So I went from a great paycheck to then going commission only. It was super stressful to try to figure this whole thing out. But what I realized was the power of understanding how to listen to others and their stories. And I understood this powerful principle, which I'll share with you. I would meet a ton of people and have met a ton of people at networking events. I love networking in person. COVID has been a challenge for me because I, I still like that in-person connection. And there was a huge difference between somebody who would walk up to me at an event, we'd start talking, and the first thing they would say is, what do you do for a living? And I learned that that very rarely ever mattered to me. And I very rarely ever remembered somebody who told me that they're a real estate agent or a mortgage broker or an insurance agent, especially as I began to develop my own businesses. The people that I remembered were the ones who answered a powerful question for me, which is not just what you do for a living, but what do you actually live to do? What's the big picture for you? That's what I would ask people. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Right? Who asked these questions, by the way? But what it did is it created a pattern interrupt. Think about that for yourself, right? Are you the one who talks about what I do for a living or what you live to do? Why are you doing what you do? And what became really powerful is the moment I started asking those questions, one, it differentiated me. We're going to talk about the power of your story and differentiation as a competitive advantage, by the way. The second thing is, is it put me in the middle of a very, very strong network of people in a place where I knew nobody. And it put me in a place where I felt confident that you could put me anywhere in the country. And I'm thinking now with the power of translation tools, anywhere in the world to build a powerful and influential network in 90 days. Because what that did was it brought me to the core of somebody's why, but also what was so important about what they were doing? Why are they choosing to do this of all things? It would tell me very quickly, is this somebody who's really invested in what they do? Or is this something they just do for money? Because then I learned the, learned the power of referral-based business. I learned the power of connecting people together because I didn't connect them on what they did. Of course, there's the utility of the need. But what I started doing was connecting people based on their story. And here's what happened as a, as a practical example. Let's say I met Kyle on our team and I knew Kyle has a, a son. He's an incredible father. He has this media company that he's building. He also does digital marketing which everybody nowadays does digital marketing in some way, shape, or form. And I knew Megan, my other partner, right? Megan does branding. She's been in the music industry for 20 plus years. Now, you would think on the utility side of things, you know, digital marketing and branding would go hand in hand, but how do you choose between all these different people? What well, goes back to their values and what they truly connect on. So now I need to understand and I can tell a story about why Megan needs to meet Kyle because I have this powerful relationship with Megan. She really trusts me. Here's an interesting thing was that even at my brokest financially, I was connecting people of true influence and means because one person trusted me enough for me to say, listen, you need to meet this individual and here's why. So when it came down to an insurance agent who'd been prospecting the same business every single week trying to close a, a, an account, think about this for a second. We were able to meet them outside of the business, have a conversation and close business very quickly because that power of Toma and trust was happening so quick. The differentiation had nothing to do with what we did for a living. We could all sell insurance. It was more about our guiding intention and having the best interest in mind 
of that customer or that prospect. So bring this back to our, to our first fo uh, focus point, the first connection point, which is when you have the attention, what is your intention? Are you going to deliver on the promise? That's where a brand gets built, the reputation gets built, the business gets built. Everything begins there. And that becomes the joint story with an individual. We have to be able to get there next, right? So what is the actual practicality of understanding this power of Toma? Let me tell you what I can do for you and why you should spend some time with this. Now, I'm not going to go super in-depth in this podcast, but we'll definitely talk about it as we go. But here's the power behind this and what it can do for you. One, it can help you begin to enroll people into your vision. Enrolling people into your vision, if you are somebody who has a vision of impact in this world, is the most important skill that you can possibly have. We're talking about finding your cultural co-founders, not just your business partners or the people who are going to help you bring the idea to fruition and your ability to also speak to investors, but we're talking about your ability to articulate a vision so big that others can see themselves in it and have a meaningful connection with it. Because again, you may do something very similar to what other people do, but the differentiator we're going to talk about in a second is your style. It's the way that you do it and the way that you think about the world. And in today's marketplace, it is drastically important, very, very important to be able to articulate this. So we talk about your cultural co-founders. Let's talk about Clubhouse, for instance. When we came to Clubhouse in January, I started with zero followers like everyone else, but I noticed the power of this, which is collaboration. When you're able to communicate story and you're able to connect as human beings, you begin to understand and also soften the edges when it comes to possibly threatening each other or collaborating. And what you found and what we found is, is that as we began to collaborate, we could create powerful experiences together and never once bring ego to the conversation. It really led to a frenzy of incredible experiences and an acceleration of our ability to touch people with our ideas without ever competing with one another. And I thought that was an incredibly beautiful process. So it brings your collaborators to the table as well. There are people out there right now with a similar vision as you, and you can go from literally thinking that you're alone with your journal like I was in West Texas back in 2016 with this idea of intention. And there are people out there right now by the thousands who'd be willing to collaborate with you, work with you, do something with you of some kind because they believe in the same vision and idea. Because again, it goes back to our three core human stories, life and death, love and spirituality. And that's part of our story. We're going to talk about that in a second. But your strategic partners could also be a big part of this as well. You have to get people's attention three to five seconds. What's in it for me? doesn't matter how spiritual you are. You have to speak to that need because we only have so much time, right? And then to investors, a big differentiator point here, a big connection point is they want to spend their capital. They want to invest in some businesses and there might be 30,000 other ideas just like this. You know, Peter Diamandis in the book, The, the Future is Faster Than You Think, he said, listen, in 2000, it cost us $5 million to start an internet-based business. In 2019, 2020, it cost $5,000. The cost drove down. There's now a thousand times more attempts at building a business. So there's a lot more people out there. How do you differentiate yourself? It's the story and your connection to this. You know, I asked my good friend, Neil Conlon yesterday, who worked in that space, in the tech space, building businesses, and now he invests. And he said he would ask a question to somebody who came to him with um, an altruistic startup, something like socks that are going to help save the whales and the quails, right? And he would ask them a powerful question, pre-seed before any money went into the business. Instead of giving you 50 grand to start the business, if I was going to give you $5 million tomorrow, would you give me the idea? And he said that that was a great filter because depending upon the decision, he knew how serious they were about the idea and how invested that they were. 
think about this, the investment, as I talked about before, are you willing to bring your idea truly to the finish line? Super, super important. And so I think that question becomes extremely powerful when we think about how we're building our relationships, how bought in are people to their ideas? What is their main story? And so connection in this sense creates differentiation. Let's talk about this practically. I want, I want to help you begin to understand and think about this rationally for a second. It's going to create differentiation, story, understanding top of mind awareness, people's ability to go from idea to who you are. When you think of top of mind awareness, who's a coach that you think about, right? There's so many coaches out there. How do you know if they're effective or not? Who would you listen to? If you had a choice of podcast, who would you listen to? Music, right? How are you making your decisions? And so if you want to, again, get in that position where you can garner influence, you have to start thinking about these mechanisms and learning how to utilize them. And so it creates differentiation, right? Your unique value proposition, your ability to do it in a very simple way, being able to explain it to a third grader. Don't make it complicated. Make it very, very simple for somebody to understand. That's powerful. That means you're really working on the idea and you're whittling it down, not because you're taking power away from it. This is my personal experience too. This has taken me five years to, <laughs> on our website to uncover how can I communicate this huge idea that I had into a simple statement that I can mention to somebody because I was so worried that it was going to really like take away from the idea when really people need the nugget first, the first breadcrumb before they go on the journey into the deep, dark woods, into all of your information and knowledge. So you're really doing it in service of others, right? So you're helping them get seen, heard, and understood for who they are, not who we are, because we've already done the work. We're going to talk about that with the story work, but it's going to create differentiation, which gives you a huge advantage in the marketplace. So many people forget to do this. The second thing is, it's going to create retention. Retention is because people are emotionally invested in the idea. Think about this for a second. About a decade ago, when I was in the Fortune 500 world, we had this thing called Net Promoter Score. And Net Promoter Score was a survey you got immediately after finishing up with something, and they would give you the survey and tell me if this sounds familiar. How likely on a scale of one to 10 are you to recommend this to a friend, family, or coworker? We knew with absolute certainty, if you were a one to four, then you didn't like us. We weren't going to focus on you. If you were an eight, nine, and 10, rock on. This is amazing. You're going to go out and tell people. We could reduce our spending costs on advertising. You could bring more people to the table. We're going to target you and get you, to, and get you some kind of a coupon or benefit, bring more people. Uh, but it was the five, sixes, and sevens. We call them passives. The people sitting on the fence who make a decision based on price, who make a decision based on convenience, that's where the opportunity is. Imagine how powerful it would be to your business, into your life, if you understood that kind of information. Are you a passive in your own life? Are you making decisions for your own benefit based upon price, convenience, or some other factor that influences your decision-making? Mm, that's a powerful conversation. And in retention, especially in a service-based business, where you're going through this no like, and trust cycle, retention is massive. Not because you keep people stuck. I think a lot of coaches, a lot of people, a lot of consultants keep people stuck so they can, re and they can remain valuable. But what would it be like for you to build a business where you not only helped your clients, but you helped them elevate and continue to serve them at higher levels? That's a powerful value proposition. And in a world today where we talk about things like software as a service or uh, subscription-based business models, what if instead of going high value or high, a high price, right? We call it high ticket nowadays. What if you were actually able to build it so that instead of relying upon one client who is the major part of your book, who is actually a group of people paying you a subscription-based fee every single month, and you treated them as if they were high ticket clients and you retained 80 to 90% of them year over year. That's a powerful thing. 
that creates a lot of leverage in your business, creates a lot of freedom as well. And then the next thing is lifetime value. This is a big one. Your best clients right now, if you were to take your client book, if you are already working with clients and you were to map it out and say how much time you're spending with them versus how much return you're receiving, this is a, this is a valuable thing. You'd probably find that about 80% of your time is spent with clients that don't really return much to you and, and demand most of your time. And I think this is an important thing to understand when it comes to understanding lifetime value of clients. How can you turn people into raving fans and support them along their journey and give value, meaning you solved a problem for them, they found it valuable, not you, and you support them along their journey. And so what this does is it creates more referral-based business, reducing your marketing costs and sales friction. So taking it super practical for those of us already in business, what that's going to do is that when people understand the brand, because they understand the story and they understand this powerful connection that you have with this and other people are telling the story for you, people want to work with you like crazy because all of a sudden they heard you, they felt this from you, and you're also embodied in your brand because you actually live what you preach. You're a product of your own product. They're going to want to work with you. So all this to say, I tried to compact this obsession of mine that I've had for really the last decade into a small episode of the podcast to give you as much understanding of this so that we can now go into the actual practice of how do you actually begin to discover your story. And I'm going to take this down to a very macro view or micro view and then bring it to the macro for a second and then share with you what you can do right now to do something with this. I don't like when people just give you, here's the idea, here's the why, the what, and then they'll give you the how. So let me give you the how. This is how I go about it. And I think this could be really powerful for you. So again, we're talking about what do you get out of this? One, personal and self-discovery. Why is that important? The personal and self-discovery is going to help you begin to make peace, create emotional regulation. It's going to help you attune yourself to actually actively listen to those around you. Why does that matter? One step further. Because if you're able to do that better than anyone else, if you are able to help people see, be seen, heard, and felt, not for who they present, but for who they really are at their core essence, you're going to create massive influence. Why does that matter? Because in today's world, there's only so much time to get attention. And in order for you to move your worldview forward, the thing that matters most to you, the thing that you tell people is so important to you, you need that attention to build the business. And in order for you to actually build quality relationships, let's take it to the life level. Wouldn't you want to have intimate, close, romantic relationships with your partner, with your children, with the people around you that matter most? I'm not talking about being friends to a million people. That's popularity. That's a personal need. I'm talking about being able to really build deep, meaningful relationships with the people around you that trust you, you trust them, and that you can truly learn from and grow with. Super important. So we just took that five steps deep. But how do we do this? The first step is this. This is first and foremost, I will say this. This is not like a one and done 10 minute deal. <laughs> this is a continual process. I am refining story down constantly. And I believe that there's three levels to your story. The first level of your story, and this is how you check in with yourself to know where you're at. The first level of your story is this. It's when you're telling people what happened to you. I did that for a long time. Hey, my mom died when I was 21. I was on my own. I was homeless for a little bit, went through PTSD and anxiety. And here I am. And I'm still, you know, raw at the edges. Not necessarily a story I would share with everyone around me. Because at that point in time, what I'm doing is I'm actually trauma bonding. And at that point in time, I'm sharing what, what Megan says and so many other people say that, that love this process, which is I'm sharing from the scar or from the wound, not the scar. It's not healed yet. So here's a caveat. The story is not ready to be shared 
if it still invokes a tremendous amount of emotion. Super important to know to take care of that for yourself. So the first level is you share a story, and this is when you're talking about it to yourself. You're the first audience, and it really is about what happened to you, which is important to know. So what I look for is I take today where I'm sitting, go to my journal, and I look back at my life history. And I look back at three to five major events in my life that have shaped my journey so far. Was there a move? Was there a relationship? Was there a major experience? A divorce, life, like, here we go, life, death, love, and spirituality. Those major moments in our lives, I call them catalysts. We're gonna talk about that in a second. The first step is starting today, looking backward. And all you're gonna do is look for those three to five milestones in your life. If it's three, even better. Because then we can begin to process this down even further. So all we do is observe what happens. What was, what was the experience like? And you begin to process the event. The next step of telling the story is how you were participating. What did you, how were you a part of the story? And what you're doing here is you're beginning to take your personal power back. And as you're going through this experience, what's important is you begin to explain to yourself first as your first audience, how did you end up there? So instead of me sharing a story of, hey, I got let go of my Fortune 500, I start talking about how I got disengaged because of the experiences that I had. I began to remove the blame from the external sources. And in fact, what ends up happening is I'm actually removing my ability to be a victim, which is a radical stance. I'll be the first one to say this, extremely difficult. Because what it's doing is it's radically shifting our sense of self-identity. And it can be a very emotional experience. But what it does is for as much as you give away and surrender in that process, you gain back in tremendous amounts, and I'm going to use this word, sovereignty. Your ability to be undisturbed by the external forces in your life and your ability to take personal ownership of your life. And what you're doing, in my opinion, is you're integrating this story, bringing closure to it, and begin to integrate it into your life. What that does, and I'll say this to you, there was nothing more powerful in my life than understanding these events in my life and what I got out of it. So instead of it happening to me, how did it happen for me? That's a pretty difficult place to be when you're looking at 21 years of being with a single mom with stage four breast cancer and being with her the moment she passed away and having a story that you believed it was your fault. It took me over a decade to understand that, but I had to be at that point in that moment, and I'll share with you how this goes, that the catalyst was important to me, and it left me at a point where I did that work and continue to do that work because it gave me such a tremendous perspective. It deepened my ability to relate and connect with others in a way I could never explain because I no longer am looking for people to validate that for me because now I do it myself. And I can understand that before I go out in the world, build the businesses, have the relationships and connect with other people. And it gives me an incredible sense of being able to show up in a powerful way. So there's a lot to this. It's going to be really, really catalytic for you. So the first level, again, is how the story happened to you. The second level is how did it happen for you? Now, the next and the third level at the highest level, and this is your choice. If you don't want to go this far, it's totally your choice. But again, we're talking about life, business, and brand here. It's using your story as a way to teach people. There's a period of time in between the second and the third level, in my opinion, that when you start to integrate this, you start to begin to learn powerful lessons about yourself and your experience that are reflected in others. As I mentioned in the first episode, if you haven't listened to it, I'll go back to it. I believe you can connect with every single person on this planet 
if we focus on the principles, not the details of our story, which is life and death, love and spirituality. Those are three main themes in our lives that we all connect to. If we could really, really get out of our own way and connect with each other, remove all the external boundaries and allow ourselves to truly be seen, heard, and understood for who we really are at our core, not at the surface. I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. And what you find is that you're reflected in other people and vice versa. And so these are things we begin to integrate. Integration takes a lot of time, a lot of conscious effort. Earlier, we talked about how the brain is lazy. You're going to continually be working against your brain because this can be a hard emotional process. Things will come up. There'll be more work. There'll be more this, more that. You're going to have to take an intentional stance on this and say that this is incredibly important for me because I value the outcome of integrating my life and being able to show up in the way that I want to show up. So the third level we teach, and at the third level, it requires that we've not only integrated, but we've done the work to heal. And again, we share from the, uh, the scar, not the wound. So we're sharing from a place of how these things happen for us, and we're also able to pull out the principles. And these principles can be super helpful for others because it's less about us regaling people with the details and more about leading from a place of how can this help somebody else avoid the pitfalls? How can it help other people really not make the same mistakes? And how can it be of value to others? And that, I believe, is a skill that can be learned by anybody, and you don't have to be polished to do it. I'm not that person who will tell you to get on stage and have perfect posture and everything else because my guiding point of view is I shared a lot of stages with people who said one thing on stage. It didn't hit me in my heart and my discernment because they weren't living it in life. They weren't a product of their own product. So this is super important. So how do we begin to go to that third level? The third level happens with this. We talked about finding those three to five major milestones in your life. And I want you to write this down. There are four key things I believe that you need to find in order. In each one of those milestones in your life, these experiences, you're looking for the catalyst. The next thing you're looking for is the decision. The third thing is the outcome. And the fourth and final thing is the principle. So what do each one of these mean? The catalyst is the event that forced you to have to make the decision. What was the experience like? What were the opposing forces that finally put you in a place where you had to make a decision. Maybe it was a rock bottom moment. Maybe it was you had no choice. You had to really surrender and make a decision. We call that the catalyst. I can go on and on for this, but I'm sure if you really think back on this and spend time with this, you will find that catalyst, the spark, the thing that really forced you. We always say you're pushed by pain until you're pulled by pleasure, but it's that thing that like just smacks you across the face and says, it's time. The next thing is the decision. And so we talk about what was the, create, the, the courageous action that you had to take. It was almost as if you had to let something die in order to truly live in your story of life and death. Maybe it was a way of living. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was a career that you thought you absolutely loved. Maybe you had to walk away from a relationship where you were deeply connected to the parent or to uh, the, the in-laws and to the children and everything else. Like these are real deal situations that people go through. So what was the courageous action that you had to go through? What was the line of thinking that you went through? How did you weigh that decision out? People will learn so much from your way of thinking through decisions than anything else. It is the most valuable thing in this world, in my opinion. It is the gold waiting to be mined from the minds of people. The next thing is the outcome. And in my notes here, I always say this because I have folks who come back to me after you do this work and I say to them, but did you die? <laughs> Are you still here? Because we amplified 
the uncertainty in that decision before we made it, but we've made the decision and we're learning in the decision. It's almost like we stepped into a room full of people we never knew before at a new school. And now we're trying to figure out like, what are the norms? What's happening here? This feels kind of weird. What's going on? Now you're integrating a whole new experience. What was the outcome that happened? What is your experience like now? Now here's the key. You don't just sit in the outcome. The next thing is doing the hard work, which is finding the principle. And the principles are things that we can take because we find the patterns in life. A lot of our story work comes from us seeing patterns that we were involved in. When you go through that second level of the storytelling and you find out how it happened for you, by the way, here's a key tip. You're going to start finding that you're at the epicenter of all of it. You're the one who was there for all of it. And so as you go through this powerful work, you begin to start seeing that you were there and there was a pattern that you were meant to learn. It could have been a pattern of codependency. It could have been a pattern of um, refusing to, 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 to step into your personal power. Maybe it was a pattern of getting to a point where you didn't let your voice be heard, or it, it could be anything. Maybe not choosing your gift over you know, what would make other people comfortable. It's nobody else's fault. Nobody else is to blame because other people are thinking about the same stuff we are. It stops being personal. And other people's pain stop being our, our, our responsibility to a degree, but we're compassionate people. And so what it does is it allows you to pull out from there the decision that you made, what you learned from it, and how you apply that again in other situations. Maybe the next time you got into a relationship, you're a little bit more intentional. Maybe the next business relationship, you start to think about trust a little bit differently. Maybe in the next time you built a product, you start to think about maybe it needs to be less esoteric. It needs to be more grounded. The principle applies to all things, right? One of those principles for me as an example was that I can simply explain relationships in three words, or not three words, but three, but three key signs. Value equals value. That's three words. Perfect. Value equals value. And so what does that mean? That powerful principle is, is that what I've recognized in my life is in every situation, value had to be equal on both sides of that equation. And if over time one was skewed, resentment, other things would come up. How do you get that back into, into alignment? You have a conversation. Hey, I've been doing work on my core values. I've been working on what I value in my non-negotiables and I want to share them with you. And I want to know yours too and see if we align and have that tough conversation. And then give that person the opportunity to see what they're going to do about it. Don't just hold them accountable for it because they don't know what you know. In a business relationship, hey, I want to, I want to have a realignment conversation. I recognize that we didn't start off with an operational agreement because we didn't know any better. And now we're doing you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a month and, and everybody's starting to get weird about this. Let's have the conversation instead of being weird about it. All these things matter. That story now becomes super, super powerful for you to learn because you've done the discovery work to see where you're at. And now you're starting to see how you took part. And now you have the ability to teach other people, not by telling them what to do, but by rather being the embodiment of the principle that you learned over time. Right? You become literally the product of your products. And you now can lead from that clarified place where people learn through your example rather than you telling them what to do. You no longer have to jump up and down and tell people what you've done, right? You no longer need that validation. You literally are the product of your product and people are paying attention because they recognize it in themselves. You now, by the way, become the catalyst for others. You become an important role in their story. And what that does is something magical, something in order of magnitude that you wouldn't even understand. Because by you making a courageous decision, of potentially walking away from that relationship or that business partnership, if that person is paying attention, 
they now learn a valuable lesson because people begin to start thinking about these things and they get awakened to it. So I want to bring it all together here real quick because I just broke down an idea that I typically work through in a very prolonged period of time. And this is a deep, deep concept, right? We brought this idea of Toma, right? We talked about your story being your gift. Your story being your gift because at the end of the day, it's going to differentiate you. It's going to help you build retention and lifetime value in your business, in your life and everywhere else. We begin to break down the barrier between life and business and brands because everything is connected. How you lead your life is how you lead your business. And if you want to know that, start with a question like this. How can I let my life lead my business rather than my business lead my life? That's a key, that's a key principle for me that I'll share with you as somebody who would burn out as a former workaholic. <laughs> Quality of relationship totally changes when you begin to ask that question. The next question really is, what do you think is possible in your life, brand, and business when you can feel, see, and understand people in a way that they've never been before, not from the surface, but from the core? And then once you have that attention, what do you do? We talked about how Toma works in the marketplace by talking about if you're going to go out and buy a computer or sneakers, soda, whatever that is in the marketplace, how the brain immediately pulls these triggers and helps you make a decision. What can you do with that? We begin to start doing the work on our story. We begin to start taking a look at us being a product of our own product. I'm making this applicable to you, whether you're building a business or not, because I think it's important regardless, because I think it's going to be deeply healing. But let's say you are building a business. And why does this matter? How can we take this esoteric concept of self-discovery here? Well, listen, you deal with people every day in a business. Relationships are the currency of all things. As you show up whole, as you show up in that self-discovery, you have a powerful place to be to lead with clarity, to really be there from a stance of you're not trying to get emotional validation. And you can lead with certainty and clarity, no matter the outcome. Because you've done the work to look at previous outcomes you've gone through in your life, how you withstood them, the decisions that you made, and now you have an anchor point. Now you can be at that powerful place of, I don't know, but I'm open because I've gone through this before and I think this might work out. And now you become unattached to the outcome to the best of your ability. We're not perfect. It's going to be each step, one step, one foot in front of the other. The first time you do it, you're going to almost piss your pants. The next step, maybe it's a little dribble. The next step, you don't. <laughs> that's the practical standpoint of this. But that's what life is. It's a continual one foot in front of the other. So as you're building this business, if you want to really shortcut it, Think about this for a second. If you're out there providing some kind of a service or product to the marketplace and you really want it to be meaningful, are you a product of your own products? What was the catalyst in your life, the opposing forces? What decision did you make? How did you make that decision? Or the outcomes that you experienced? And what is the pattern and the wisdom based upon the meaningful reflection that you had from that moment that you can share with others? Now, we're not talking about the creative side of this yet how you can start to weave your story and tell your story. But it really is that powerful transcension in that journey from this happened to me, this happened for me. Let me share with you what I've learned. You go from the experience to the witness to the teacher over time, not overnight. Because you want to embody, you want to be the example of the work that you've done. And I promise you what that'll do for your business is you'll never feel frazzled or at a loss for content. You'll never be worried about your ability to deliver to a customer, to a client, to build these relationships. You'll find your cultural co-founders, your collaborators, your strategic partners, and your investors, whatever it is that you need. And it becomes extremely powerful for you to lead these industries in your brand, life, and business. 
So I want you to spend some time with this this week on your story. I would love for you to share it with us. You can email us over at team at intentionalconnector.com. If you have any questions or anything like that, definitely let us know. Of course, each and every week we film and we also record these episodes on Clubhouse and then afterwards we have a great discussion. So if you want to join us over there, you're welcome to as well. And then of course, if there's anything else we can do for you, you can find us at intentionalconnector.com. As always, I believe in everything that you're creating. And as we share this entire thing, I always say, as I know me, I know you, as I love me, I love everybody here just the same. That's just how I live my life. You are a reflection of me and I am of you. And we're not separate. We're all cut from the same collective consciousness. It's my mission for us to start talking about these things as if they are part of life. And as always, the beautiful life that you desire is not a matter of chance. It is a matter of intention. And until next time, I'll see you later. This has been another episode of The Connection Point. And if you want to support us, then you can do it in the following ways. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Like, comment, and share this with someone who needs to hear it. And connect with us on all social channels. And if something moved you in this episode, then join us in the Intentional Collective, a private community where we take the conversation deeper while providing coaching, guidance, and support all at theintentionalcollective.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, we believe in you and your mission and can't wait to hear more.